Welcome back to New Rockstars and the breakdown of The Boys, Season 2, Episode 8, a.k.a. the season finale, What I Know. I'm Tommy Bechtold, and this is The Boys Underground. Boys only this week! We told yep. Marina, get out of here and get surgery! Uh, and she did. She elected to... Uh, she got hip no, surgery. We wish her a speedy recovery. We want her to get better very soon, because we need yes. her. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is The Boys Underground, the after show that's so much fun, you'll do anything short of murdering your own mother to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh. Joining me today in The Boys Underground is my number one boy, sharing his thoughts on Vought. It's our boy king, Eric Voss. <laughs> What's Hi, up? Hi, I order U.S. states by number of Chipotle locations. Mmm, extra for guac, but they don't have freezers, so you know everything is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> that has to go up every time we talk about Chipotle. That's right. It's true. They don't have freezers. Uh, the season's over. It happened so fast, Tommy. I, uh, but what an ending. Yeah. I mean, you know why? It, it definitely feels faster because they dropped three episodes at once. Because yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this can't. This hasn't felt like that. But wow, what a, uh, overall, we're going to get into it. But what a season. Uh, it's so hard to follow up something that was so well done. I mean, shows have such a hard time p- piecing together multiple seasons of solid, solid programming. And this, to me, yeah. this season of this show delivered in ways that I thought were even improvements on the first season. Yeah, so, I agree. I totally agree. And, and I'm very excited uh, for season three. And I think that this season finale was a good lesson that we've become so accustomed to shows basically needing to have their season finales be series finales almost like every season has to be a hard reset like basically like Uh the world has all imploded this is what's next and this was a great example of like no sometimes like they tie up a few loose ends but there's a lot of things still out there to be learned like we don't you know we'll we'll get into more of it i'm sure but like there was there weren't a lot of answers in this episode yet it was action-packed and if anything there's just way more questions now and and it's 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 such an interesting uh interesting places to go from here and i'm so excited to see so let's let's uh let's cover what happened in in the wake of the congress attack schools are now showing safety videos about how to protect from soup attacks again another example of this show getting so real that it's like yeah Ooh, cringy. The government is preparing to give Compound V to law enforcement. Butcher and the boys are arming themselves to the teeth to fight the seven. And Becca escapes her compound and then makes her way to Butcher in order to ask him to save Ryan. Stan yeah. Edgar and Alistair Adana agree to let the deep go back into the seven. A-Train finding out that he cannot go back into the seven. Uh, steals a file the church has on Stormfront's Nazi past and actually gives it to the boys. Uh, gives it to Huey and, and Starlight specifically. Butcher makes a deal with Stan Edgar to get Ryan away from Homelander and hand him over to Vought, but uh, the deal also includes Becca staying with him and separating from Ryan. So, uh, an attempted betrayal for sure. Oh, and let's not forget, Homelander and Stormfront struggle to raise Ryan in Homelander's image, tucking him away in a pristine, beautiful cottage right near Rochester, New York. That's right. Homelander and Stormfront had no choice but to bring their boy to the Flower City and allow him to flourish like the the beautiful superpowered orchid that he will become and there's no better place there's culture there's industry there's sports i mean presumably in a world without covid19 of course there's beautiful <laughs> 
beautiful people walking around. There's the Seneca Park Zoo, home of elephants and zebras and <laughs> it's monkeys. It's the only place he can find those snakes. things, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm told the only zoo left in America. And who else could forget? There's also Batavia Downs, the greatest harness racing track in the world, and other things. Follow me on my new blog, Talk in Chester, where I'll discuss all things to do in Rochester with your super-powered boy that you've kidnapped from his mother. Anyway, <laughs> the boys release Stormfront's Nazi history to the press, and shockingly, everyone just believes it. They're like, yeah, oh, of course. If only. Frenchie lures Homelander away with those deafening speakers, which sounded like they could really blast some Fleetwood Mac, so I, I would be interested in buying <laughs> yeah. one. Butcher can't go through with separating Becker from Ryan, so he lets them leave together while letting Edgar's men face Homelander's wrath. And that scene was that scene gave me chills when when, Ooh, when he realized yeah. that Vaught had turned on him a little bit and like he was like, Oh, these guys are all dead. Every time you realize they've made Homelander so powerful and rageful and deadly that every time he gets angry i go this is gonna be so gross <laughs> like yeah. this is gonna be so awful uh yeah yeah so as ryan and becca are escaping uh stormfront returns and t intercepts the car flips it over somehow nobody dies from this which <laughs> i could see where ryan wouldn't die if he's got homelander's dna becca and mother's milk should definitely be dead <laughs> but but yeah, they're not. someone should have gotten more hurt from that yeah yes uh mave then appears to help starlight and kimiko fight stormfront yeah. and beat her nazi ass uh hey kraut was a great line uh <laughs> yeah. and the girls get it done as said by frenchie uh great reference <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, way to come full circle with something like, it started with making fun of Avengers Endgame in that mm -hmm. moment that was a bit cringy, and then they turn it into satire, yeah. and like, we're self-aware, and mm -hmm. now, by saying it, they've made it sincere again, and showed that, like, yes. these things don't have to be cringy, like, they, yeah. they, they can be really cool to see, like, yeah. this was awesome. This was fantastic. Stormfront flees uh, and attacks Butcher and, Rebe and Becca in the woods. Ryan fries Stormfront, but also Oof. in that act, accidentally kills Becca. Oh. And boy, did he mess Stormfront up. I mean, that was... Yes. Kill me! In German. How do you say kill me in German? <laughs> I don't know. Homelander catches up to them, but Ryan wants to go with Butcher. Maeve threatens to release the Flight 37 footage. Homelander does allow them to leave, shockingly. Vaught blames the head popping on Stormfront. Starlight gets to rejoin the Seven along with A-Train. And the Deep is now left out. Homelander sends us all home by jerking off in the moonlight by himself <laughs> i love that shot some people say it was like a season one shot that they weren't allowed to include in season one but now amazon's like whatever do what you want but we yeah. got our lovely uh fap signal is what i'm gonna cause that now. was truly disturbing and hilarious so ryan is then taken with mallory and the cia butcher and the boys are now working for mallory's soup task force just kind of like how the comics start out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say this is this. I'm still only on the first um, trade paperback of the uh, of the comics. So I, I'm still working my way through it. But yeah, I'm like, this seems much more in line with the comics. So that right when we think that Adon is about to get a tax exemption in exchange for more dirt on Vought, his head explodes, pop. And we find out it was caused by Newman standing outside. And then in the Newman. next scene... 
We st- Newman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hello, Adana. Uh, so then, and then uh, the, we're finally left with Huey in an attempt to assert some independence, going and getting a job for Newman at her campaign, which is, of course, perfect Huey accidentally yeah, stepping into the belly of the beast <laughs> in, an, in an effort to just do the right thing and declare a little independence. He does the absolute wrong thing. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Like I said, an episode that ultimately gave us more questions than answers, but still felt satisfying. I mean, yeah. Stormfront getting her comeuppance felt very satisfying. Yes. Again, it's so funny. This show that is about super powered individuals and, and giant corporations hits so many real life topics. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was insane. Like the writing on this season was especially mm-hmm. sharp. They uh, they yes. didn't ever feel too preachy, but it felt like they were uh, a bit ahead of the curve, or at least with the curve when it comes to our current political climate. Like they understood mm-hmm. it on a level that I don't think any other show trying to comment on our current political times has had yes. yet. Or aside from like you know uh, satire political shows, like fictional shows, mm-hmm. like they they really nailed it. And uh, you know I gotta say I did not really see Victoria Newman coming, and it's because. Mm-hmm. The show did not want us. Like the the effort right. the writers went to to hide that reveal was yes. pretty extreme. Down to her whole character development, there is a complete yes. side to her that we were not given a whole lot of clues on. There are some visual clues we'll talk about, but uh, you would not have been able to see those ahead of time unless like you just made a blind guess. Well, it could be this character, right? And I think I- the people who predicted it just made a blind guess that it was Newman based off of Vic Newman's uh, role in the comics. Yeah, I I agree, but I also it was. Just so, I was genuinely shocked by it. Like I definitely, yeah, me too. Had no, that was not on my radar of possibilities. Yeah, me neither, Tommy. And I think it remains to be seen whether this is truly a craftful twist or mm-hmm. something that might be one of these J.J. Abrams end of Lost Season 1, well, here's a twist, and then nothing's mm-hmm. really thought about it afterwards. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there is some kind of, like, game plan that she has. But uh, to me, it seems like the writers were just like, well, who's the most surprising way to subvert expectations? Let's just make it her. And then, yeah. uh, like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the most satisfying person to be behind that. It just seems like they wanted a surprise. Like, right, there are a lot right. of twists that don't necessarily pay off. It will have to wait till season three to before we know whether this was actually a cool thing. But um, let's let's talk about this. I'm going to break down um, top ten, maybe a couple more Easter eggs, visual details that you might have missed from this episode. Let's start with this big Newman reveal. So what we learned about her, she can pop heads via line of sight. Her eyes do glaze over white briefly afterwards. The show did a great job concealing this if you do go back and look at that congress attack from episode seven every time a head explodes an angel gets wings and (laughs) newman was looking directly at the victim seconds before yeah so the committee head uh vogelbaum the the two more including shockwave newman does this subtle eye dart boom boom uh and then it's immediately corresponded by two pops uh and then she's in her seat frozen while she's looking at all the heads around the room but there's this amazing moment where uh the pops stop after mallory picks her out of her chair Uh, Mm. but then newman turns around to look at her chief of staff having no reason to turn around to look at her and then the head pops i remembered it being the opposite i thought the head pop and then newman turned around no 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 no. Mm. newman turns around first looks at her assistant head pops and then newman uses the shock of running back 
back to her to sit back in that seat and pop even more heads in the room. Oh, it was yeah. so messed up. Now, I do have to say it's hard to tell if her eyes turn color during that attack. You can maybe detect the faintest glimmer from her eyes right when Mallory pulls her up. Mm. Um, or maybe it's possible that, you know, if you're in the room with someone, you're close to proximity, no barriers between you, you don't have to do that uh, the eye wipe. Mm. Uh, with, with Adana, she was on the other side of a fence. She was on the other side of glass. Right. Maybe that was like a oh, greater distance. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But there's also another clue with uh, Newman. Watch her closely during the scene with Secretary of Defense Bob Singer. Folks are scared. If Vought took a shit in the middle of Fifth Avenue, they'd throw a ticker tape parade. Well, of course, that Fifth Avenue line was a nod to Trump saying he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and get away with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but Newman if you watch is probing Singer here. She herself is Vought's coup from the inside, of course. She's testing Singer to see how much of a political obstacle he'll be. Mm -hmm. And when he says, for the record, I agree with you, that's mm -hmm. when she's like, oh, okay, okay. She mm -hmm. got her answer. Um, but my favorite moment is right here when he says, Doses are going for five million a pop. Pentagon's got a big order in. Yeah, Newman's eyes were glued to Singer, but Ooh. when he said the word pop, it nearly triggered her. So she has to like, oh shit and immediately like look away to take her eyes off his face. Um, mm -hmm. Tommy, I feel like there's a lot more throughout the season. So we got a video coming out Monday where I'm going to go back through the whole season, explain each Newman clue that we overlooked because I think there's some really subtle ones that people still haven't really caught. Uh, yeah. I just started rewatching. I've already found some, some really cool ones. Let's go back to the beginning of the episode. It opens with this uh, horrifying school safety video. Mm -hmm. It does reflect the episode description on Amazon's listing had this soup terrorist alert, yeah. all caps. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of bled right into it i was like has the episode begun yet are these like uh fbi warnings real like um but the teacher of course has a firearm which is even more useless than the real life proposals to arm teachers mm -hmm. since most soups are bulletproof right but uh they use the acronym law lock the door arm yourself and then wait for a hero mm -hmm. two kids use the american flagpole tip similar to how if you think about it homelander is a stars and stripe decorated weapon mm -hmm. uh of course he would love it if they yes. use that um but lock arm weight comes back throughout the episode uh, there's one moment with the Vought soldiers where Homelander locks them in with him then he arms himself with his eyes charging up and then he waits for them to tell him where Ryan is mm -hmm. L-A-W it's yes. so creepy how it gets used that way Ooh. it comes back later in another cool moment we'll get, we'll get to that in this breakdown okay there's another moment where Stormfront and Homelander talk about the coming race war don't worry silly Frederick had a solution for everything Mm, a nod to the Nazis' final solution. But also note the way she says Frederick. Once again, her German accent is coming out with names of people from her past. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, in one of the cooler moments of the episode, comes up at the moment. She is fried by Ryan. Ugh. And yes. uh, she begins babbling in German. I'm shot in now, a lot of you guys were asking us what she's saying. We were able to translate it to, quote, it was so beautiful how the three of us sat there in the shade of an apple tree. Do you remember the day, Frederick? Chloe reached her arm out the window. We found the perfect spot at the river in the shade of an apple tree. It was the first time Chloe ate fresh apples. Yeah, see, Stormfront's life is flashing before her eyes, and she's nostalgically returning to this memory with Frederick Vaught and her daughter, someone we know from that moment in Episode 7 that she still misses 
horribly. Mm-hmm. Okay, next detail. There are definitely some Star Wars parallels with Stormfront in this scene, right? Like she's using lightning on Billy and then she chokes Becca as Ryan is watching, not sure what to do. It's very mm-hmm. similar to the way the Emperor is hitting Luke with that Sith lightning as Vader is watching, not sure what to do until he finds his inner light. Interestingly, though, Stormfront is the one who ends up more like Vader and Anakin, like, you know, after Obi-Wan's high ground. Uh, Her body is burned and disfigured. Her limbs are severed. To me, I might be reading too much into it. It did kind of signal that, like Vader with the Emperor, Stormfront wasn't the ultimate darkest threat that we had to worry about this season. Head Popper Newman is still out there and poses an even scarier threat. A threat that, I don't know about Mm. you, Tommy, but after episode seven, the whole episode eight, every scene I was freaking out. Yes, it's permanently stressful on that show now that there's someone whose power is to make people's heads burst. Now that I know that she has to be looking at them, I can kind of relax a little bit. Like when they're in a basement somewhere, I can be like, all right, it's not going to happen here. But yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, And then there's a scene where Ryan with Ashley is eating Tony Cicero's pizza. That's the same Italian food chain where they kill Translucent in season Mm -hmm. one. Butcher showed up at another Tony Cicero's at the top of the season. But notice what Ryan does to calm himself. Yeah, I write down all 50 states as fast as I can and either alphabetical order or geographical order. This is similar in the comics to the character Soldier Boy, who will sometimes list U.S. states as a battle cry. Soldier Boy has shown up a bunch of times this season. The statue in Vought Park. Uh, he was a standee in the in the pawn shop. He will join the cast next season, played by Jensen Ackles. Butcher also told Edgar that Ryan was his only possible contingency against Homelander, which is how Black Noir is kind of used in the comics. So I don't know, Tommy. Maybe there's some kind of biological connection between Soldier Boy and Homelander and Ryan. Like, maybe they're all part of the same family tree with each Ah. son developed as a security check on their too powerful dad interesting yeah okay a lot of you noticed the subtle gust of wind on the fresca napkins in the in the church uh signaling a train had snuck into eavesdrop but look closely at the file that he stole from the church's archives that is the church of the collective seal and its logo has a serpentine figure looks mm-hmm. very similar to the s winding through the double triangles of the scientology logo yes now uh we know by now there's not too much to the fresca other than you know the cult kool-aid joke the the series creator has said as much and of course the amazing edit of Adana popping one open, leading to his head being popped. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where Stan Edgar just mentions how much he hates it. Fresh gum? No, thank you. Awful stuff. But then, this is so weird. Notice later when Edgar meets with Butcher, he drinks this weird drink where it's just a squirt of lime juice with it looks like club soda. Thank you, Alvin. If you think about it, Fresca is just basically citrus soda. It's really the same thing. But mm-hmm. I think this tells us that Stan Edgar drinks the same kind of shit. He's in the same business, mm-hmm. but he prefers the real thing as mm-hmm. much as he can. Like both he and the church are really just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. But Stan Edgar only trusts a real cocktail leading to that goal that he can independently verify and control. He doesn't want something out of a can. Mm. There could be more to that. I just thought that was a really cool like character detail there. Mm. Anthony Starr gives off an amazing performance this whole season, but yes. there's this really subtle micro expression when uh, Stormfront lectures Ryan about white genocide. They want to wipe us from this earth just because of the color of our skin. Really? It's called white genocide. And we're gonna need people like you to protect our kind. 
So Homelander is racist, no doubt, but there is some daylight between him and Stormfront here. See, Stormfront's philosophy comes from a sincere sense of victimhood. Like, that's how all fascist movements start, right? Like, Germans suffered mm-hmm. after World War One. Hitler made them think it was the Jews' fault. Today, all over the world, nativist leaders are doing the same thing with immigrants. Like, all the bad things mm-hmm. in your life are the refugees, the immigrants' fault, the outsiders' fault. Um, but Homelander mm-hmm. doesn't get that. He cannot relate to victimhood at all. He's superior. His racism stems from ultimate superiority he looks Mm. down on everyone he can't relate with the masses at all he's not afraid of any other he's just a narcissist he's afraid of not being loved by the masses Mm. so Mm -hmm. i think this is just a little moment telling us that homelander was never meant to lead stormfront's race war the way she wanted him to he could not be a leader of hearts and minds he could not lead an army he could not be part of a society he is always alone he's like an apex predator Mm. Uh, and i just think it's so cool how anthony stark could telegraph that, yeah, I, I noticed that as well. That was great. Yeah. Now, my favorite Easter egg this episode, I, I think you might have caught this, on the news report revealing Stormfront's Nazi origins, a banner text reads, credible lead tied Stormfront to Jeffrey Epstein's yes. death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. You know, unlike in our world where Jeffrey Epstein, of course, was killed by the Zodiac killer, Ted Cruz. Yes, of course. Actually, I do have a couple more I want to go through real quick. Uh, let's just extend this to the top 15. Cool. You got it. Yeah. All let's right. Let's keep up. going, baby. It's the end of the let's season. Let's go. <laughs> um, so uh, Butcher gives Ryan that St. Christopher talisman. Uh, that's the patron saint of travelers. And among Catholics, there's a well-known depiction of St. Christopher carrying the Christ child, similar to how Butcher mm. picks up and carries Ryan, perhaps one day mm. a Christ-like deliverer, away from harm at the end of this episode. Mm, just kind of a nice parallel yes. there. Uh, just fun visual details that all are almost throwaway. Notice the boy's gear. MM has a Snickers bar on the table. I'm wondering if that's a defense against Black Mora with this recently mm. discovered nut allergy. Yes. Uh, and then Frenchie's laptop is amazing. The back of it is decorated with the French flag. And then when he closes the speaker app, you can see his desktop wallpaper is a cat with a tuxedo and glasses. It's yes. awesome wallpaper. <laughs> and then during Homelander's press conference at the end of the episode, Starlight, if you notice, is back in her original wardrobe. Mm. Apparently having negotiated out of her you know, new sexed up look that she was forced to wear when she joined the Seven. Yes. And then speaking of wardrobe, Huey wears a shirt with Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, which is, in my opinion, the best rock album of all. Yes. Love rumors. Um, and that is an album that was recorded while the band members were getting divorced. They were breaking up in their personal relationships, which seems to be happening with Huey when he appears to leave the boys for Newman's campaign. And the music that is playing over those final minutes is the Beach Boys' God Only Knows, which also plays over the epilogue montage of Love Actually, which mm-hmm. showed a mix of happy endings and sad endings. Yes. Uh, but more importantly, we learn the origin of Huey's Billy Joel love this episode. Somersault dance parties with his mom to You May Be Right. And uh, despite all that, he still dances to Billy Joel. Um, Very interesting moment there. Um, But the track we hear in this episode is Only the Good Die Young, which if you look at the lyrics of that song, it's a song about, you know, a good Christian girl who gets seduced by a bad boy. And earlier in the episode, it seems to reflect Starlight. She's a good Christian girl with a new cross necklace. She's Mm -hmm. thinking about her morality. But really, the good girl lured to the dark side this episode is Huey bringing Mm -hmm. us to our final shot. And this is uh, the last detail I want to talk about. Uh, Huey takes a job working for Newman. It's horrible. I want to do it the right way. 
Not covered in quite as many guts. Oh, poor Huey. Now you're closer to the blood splash zone than ever before. <laughs> poor guy. But not only is Huey the seduced youngling to only the good die young, the final shot shows Newman darkly closing the door on us, shutting us out like the final shot of The Godfather. Mm. But this is another example of that cynical safety video for the school earlier, LAW Law. As Homelander did with the soldiers, Newman locks the door to trap Huey inside. Mm. She's super armed. And now we all have to wait to mm-hmm. see what happens next. Those are all the details I spotted this episode. We're Again, we're going to be doing another breakdown of all the Newman clues throughout the season. And yeah, we'll be talking more and more about the boys. We can't wait for season three. And we're going to have some deeper thoughts this episode. But first, we want to thank some people who helped us make it. All right, everybody. Let's talk about sleep. So important. So necessary. Uh, <laughs> there are many reasons why you might not be getting great sleep right now. Maybe your head just exploded when you were opening a can of Fresca. But your mattress should not be one of them. Helix Sleep makes personalized mattress mattresses made in America shipped straight to your door with free no contact delivery free returns and a 100 night sleep trial and as I've said if after 100 nights you're not in love with this baby give it 101 you know give it another night these things are incredible I slept on a helix mattress last night I slept like I was dead I didn't move I didn't move a muscle I didn't roll around uncomfortably I just laid flat on my back staring at the ceiling wondering about why we're here so to choose a mattress Helix made a two minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you for me I just clicked a picture of a hamburger and said I was a beefy boy who likes to snooze snooze <laughs> Eric you are uh, a Helix mattress owner as well yeah 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 uh, Tommy and I both sleep on Helixes sometimes the same one when we need someone yeah. to, to hold but uh no That's yeah it's right. like the helix uh, lusk dusk when i took the quiz it was like i'm a mostly a back sleeper until my girlfriend's like stop snoring and then i roll over on my side yeah it's 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 got like a good mix of like different sleeping types on it and they have different types for all kinds of sleepers on, on belly sleepers whatever you are they have yeah. it for you it's, it's pretty cool and for me it's arms crossed i'm the boss up at the ceiling very revealing uh helix <laughs> was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by gq magazine Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. And you know who else made them the number one best overall mattress? Tom Bechtold, okay? Official <laughs> right. voice of the Buffalo Bills. Just go to helixsleep.com slash underground, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. You will love it, and they're not going to come back and pick it up, because you're going to sleep yeah. on that thing until the mattress literally disintegrates. Uh, ah, yeah. that's how long you'll have it for. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash underground. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash underground for up to $200 off. Damn. Awesome. Damn. Sleep um, is so important, guys. You, you gotta need do it. it. Let's get down to some deeper questions that we all had coming out of this episode. Uh, Eric, what is Newman's endgame? Yeah, that's really the question, right? I think, obviously, higher office. She's running for higher office, uh, probably presidency. Yeah. She might settle for the vice presidency and then get the presidency when someone's head accidentally pops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think beyond that, um, I don't think just the presidency is her end game. I, I think, obviously, she's in cahoots with Vought. Uh, she's working with them to help drive up the uh, the price of their shares for their company through mm-hmm. their pharmaceuticals. And as we found out this episode, it seems like in this world, the president has no problem by 
bypassing the FDA to get uh, various pharmaceutical drugs in people's hands, including Compound V. Mm-hmm. And if it uh, if they can control the market forces in that way, they can make a pretty nice windfall for both of them. And I think as we saw with uh, Victoria Newman, I, I, she's a soup herself, and I don't think she's really concerned with whatever other kind of soup. Like she would have Secret Service, but I think she's her own Secret Service. Yes, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that we're being set up for uh, a lot more of, uh, we'll, we'll find much more of her agenda out after this year, or, or in season three, rather. I, I uh, Yeah. Because right now it seems kind of like, why? Like, I still am like, why Why did she do all of that? Like, what's in it for her? You know, yeah. like, I guess money would be the thing. But yeah, uh, yeah we, we will certainly find out. Question two, is Stormfront actually dead? What do you think, Tommy? I mean, we she's messed up. Yeah. She's messed up, but so is Anakin Skywalker. And right. uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like we had a moment where he had that final <sighs> death rattle. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just we started to focus on other characters in that scene. And we know, we know from TV and movies, especially in 2020, unless you see them dead, they're not dead. They're coming back. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's coming back in some way, shape, or form. Whether, I mean from my understanding of when Homelander was literally burning her breasts off, like she must be able to regenerate to some degree, right? She must. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, know if if it's lizard reptilian where it's like she can regrow limbs. So there might be something where she becomes kind of a cyborg type uh, soup. Yeah. Cyborg would be sick. I I think if uh, they wanted to show her actually dead, this is a show that has no problem with gore. They would have like ripped her in half the way that that Hitler cartoon did. That was amazing. Like I thought that was setting up what was going to happen to her. I thought a car was going to hit her somehow. You know, I don't think that would kill her. But um, yeah, they wouldn't just cut off her arms and legs. That's specific. I think that's easily replaceable by prosthetics, especially if you're soup um, or regrowable. And I I think we'll see her again. She's too cool of a character. And that actress is so good. Yeah, I have cash. It's amazing. I'm wondering if maybe we'll have a like third faction, like besides the boys and Vought, boys versus Vought, if there will be like a proud, not proud boys, but like maybe like a white supremacist movement maybe. Will, will find her and like rebuild, like, you know, rebuild yeah. her or something like that. Yeah, I uh, uh, Interesting to see. Uh, okay, question three. Is there anything to the disappearance of Huey's mom? I might have just read into this uh, too much, but it was just a weird thing in that moment where he said uh, she didn't leave a note, she didn't call, nothing, mm-hmm. and he assumed that she left right. and never turned back. Yes. I feel like that's got to be a setup for something with the mom. Yeah, too much time spent on it uh, to have it not... Be something that will be paid off or, or explored again for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it, it would be a little like um, Ray Palpatine, a little bit, I think, right? You know, like yeah. Huey, his what is so great about him is that this one accident with A Train running through Robin is what drew him into this madness. Right. If there were right. some other kind of mythology to his parentage, I don't want it to be that important, but it would no. be cool if it's like personal, like if his mom was a. Uh, was like a whistleblower for Vought or something like sure, that. Sure, like yeah. Something, something else that's connected to yeah. the Vought. Well, so, the way yeah, that Vought's conspiracy I mean, we didn't, is everywhere. It might, it might explain more of like Simon Pegg's kind of lack of motive, where he said his dad just stopped yeah. living life. Yeah, I could see that. You know? Yeah, um, I, there's like a lot of open-ended questions with a lot of these characters, which I love. Like, I love that MM has this whole thing with his dad, and we don't really know exactly what his dad was was suing mm-hmm. over. Uh, there's questions about Black Noir and what his mm-hmm. identity is, and clearly these are all things that they're saving for season three. Uh, next question: Do we think Ryan is going to turn evil eventually? 
That is kind of the question. I mean, it looked like Billy Butcher was absolutely going to kill him in that moment, right? Like, until mm-hmm. Homelander showed up, it looked like uh, Butcher didn't give a f- he was going to take him out. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's what I'm thinking. I think Ryan, that's Billy's concern. That's Billy's expectation. But I think at the end of the day, Ryan is going to be our saving grace on this show. In the same way that, mm-hmm. like, this whole show began in a corrupt, messed up world. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. maybe seasons from now, it's going to end with this thing. Like, we all worried that the next generation would just get worse and we'd, we'd spiral further and further down a pit of despair. But really, the next generation mm-hmm. is our shining beacon of hope. We have to trust these kids, you know, to right. save us. I, I did agree with that logic that, you know, Ryan needed Becca mm-hmm. uh, to... To be as good to avoid uh, becoming Homelander, but I guess the question now is like, was Becca's influence throughout these early years enough? Uh, right. Did she imprint enough goodness on him? It seems like he has a lot of good traits. The fact yeah. that he lists states when he's feeling anxious, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he felt so bad when he killed her, and he inherently knows to distrust uh, Homelander and trust mm-hmm. Billy Butcher. I, I think those are all good qualities. Yep, agreed. Finally, what's the deep going to do now that his hopes of rejoining the seven are dashed? Oh, I'm so excited to see the deep. Like, I hated the deep so much in season one, but he was so much fun to watch this season. I hope they just keep getting weirder and weirder with him. Like, this season they used him as, as like, the character to tie in this whole Church of the Collective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really want to see him, like, become a a sea uh, friend it just yes. like spend all of his time underwater yes. uh, or something weird like like maybe he starts like volunteering with kids I, I feel like if you compare this to The Wire he could be the Prez Belusky of the show the Prez Belusky was just such a shithead at the start of that mm-hmm. series and then mm-hmm. in season 4 he becomes the coolest character when he becomes a teacher Yeah, and that was such an amazing arc and I'd love to see the deep go on that redemption arc and just become like the most redeemed most interesting character that we root for by the end of the series that would be yeah. such an interesting yeah. full circle arc for sure yeah I'm excited I could also see him becoming like uh, a Joel Austin, like g- kind of like evangelical himself. <laughs> like, you know, be like, wild. like if he just like if he just takes it even more like into like the the, uh, the cult, like ultra religious yeah. uh, kind of full of shit yeah. person. Uh, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, it'll be fun to see what he does. I also yeah, there's a version where if he's just working at SeaWorld, that is also very fun. Uh, and he's like doing the, sh- oh, the show at SeaWorld. But uh, yeah. or Vaughtland. Maybe he gets hired at a Vaught amusement park. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to catch us up now on the kill counts for this episode and uh, the final season standings for all of the murders and kills and thrills and blood spills that took place on the boys Our this gills. year. Oh, yeah. The gill kills. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So, no, we didn't see Stormfront die, and we're told that she's in prison, so we're not going to include her in the kill count, but she is definitely effed, as they say. Yeah. Uh, also, the big reveal at the end of the episode obviously adjusts our season totals, so more on that in just a second. So, Ryan has one kill, his mom, Becca, an emotional yep. kill. Never ideal to murder your mother with a... Uh, energy blast <laughs> newman has one kill alistair adana that she uh popped his head like a fresca top homelander eight kills one vaught mercenary on screen and seven off screen we're assuming by the volume of the blood on his face that he killed the entire vaught team it does yeah, not probably. seem like there are any survivors when he came out with a like spa treatment of blood and guts yeah. on him 
Yeah, so, for sure. That gives us our uh, top five murderers for the season. Top five killers on this season of The Boys. We have Black Noir with five kills at number five. We have Kimiko with six kills at number four. Homelander coming in with 13 kills at number three because he was left at the last moment by Congressman Newman, our number two killer, with 16 kills after we found out she was the one pop, yeah. lock, and dropping. Stormfront, though, will be the all-time season leader, uh, the season leader, with 67 kills. That's a lot of kills yep. by a very bad person. Uh, Not a good person. Speaking of killing it, Eric, you killed it all season. What fun we've had. Marina, so did you, man. This is great. This is great. Marina, we missed you today. That's yeah, our Marina. show. So great to chat with you all season long, Eric. This is our last Boys Underground until next season, which hopefully we will get in 2021. In the meantime, keep your eyes peeled for our coverage of The Mandalorian Season 2 and WandaVision, both on Disney+. Plus. Reminder to join our official Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstar. You can follow me, Tommy Bechtold, follow Eric at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstar on socials and subscribe here on YouTube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about. Let's go, Buffalo. Eric, I bid you good day. Bye, Tommy. See you next time.